0: You're listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about the current events from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. All right, welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I'm Wade Lentz, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, Harold
1: Smith, the pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church in Van Buren.
0: Wade, it's good to talk to you. Man, good to talk to you. And you know, a lot of people don't know this, uh, but you are a avid deer hunter and you have just recently shot a, uh, what could be a trophy. buck. tell us a a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's the biggest deer I've ever killed in my life. Um, I killed a 12 point during muzzleloader season. And, uh, just a great big body deer, big horns. And if you know anything about the Boone and Crockett scoring system, uh, this deer will gross somewhere around 185 inches, mm-hmm. which for, for Arkansas is very well, could be the biggest buck killed this year, especially with a muzzleloader. And so when you kill a deer like that, you're like, wow, you know, this is the best year of my life as far as deer hunting I killed the biggest buck I've ever seen. I turned around in gun season and killed a 10 point that I would have been thrilled to death with any normal year. And, uh after I killed that, I took my son out. He he had been hunting, but hadn't been able to kill anything. And we hunted together one morning and he killed a really big nine point. And, uh, I, I was like, Man, this is the best deer season I've ever had, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really just was blessed with two really large bucks. One of them being could potentially be the biggest deer in the state. Wow. That's
0: awesome. And you have a YouTube channel called the, the preacher's day off.
1: And I, I think you have like over 5,000 su- subscribers. I do preachers day off is just, it is what it says. It's whatever I'm doing that day in the summertime I'm fishing and gardening in the wintertime. I'm tinkering around with guns, reloading or hunting or something like that. You know, I do mm-hmm. a lot of cooking, but, uh, it's just kind of a variety channel and, uh, you can see you can see those deer on that YouTube channel if you're into that sort of thing.
0: Right, right. Redneck pastor, right there, boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny thing is, one time uh-huh. Phil Johnson described me as Southern fried Calvinism. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, I, I'm not big on John Calvin, but that's accurate. You
0: know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh man. Well, I tell you what. It's December the 10th, and guess what? As you know, the election is, uh, election is still not over. And uh, as far as the results go, uh, that is, and, uh, there's a, it's finally going to the Supreme Court and uh, we'll probably find out Friday, December 12th, if they'll actually hear the case. And, uh, and so it's still a long process to go. But if, if Trump loses the Supreme Court, Then obviously Joe Biden is going to be the next president. And really, that's what I want us to talk about today is a Biden presidency and, um, a Kamala Harris, you know, vice presidency and so forth. And with all the, uh, all of a sudden the Hunter Biden investigations coming to on the scene, it very well could be that Biden himself doesn't last the first year. He may have to be impeached. He may have to leave office putting Kamala Harris in the White House. So I don't know if this is this may be part of the master plan the whole time. And all of a sudden now the the, the media, the, the fake news now is printing and airing the Hunter Biden investigation and how he has got ties with with China and he's taking money and all these things that leads us to what we're going to be discussing today where where Joe Biden said in, in a previous debate that we're heading into a dark winter. And of course he was speaking of the COVID, the pandemic. How about us as a church? And, you know, is is a dark winter coming for a church and speaking about a coming persecution that we've really never seen before here in America?
1: Right. Um you know I, I really for all of the faults that donald trump had he was very pro-religion i mean he was Mm -hmm. very not only pro-american but pro-christian but he he wrote a lot of executive orders that relaxed you know he 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 pretty much said we're not going to go attacking churches and -hmm. that was really happening a lot under the obama administration a lot of people don't realize it but the IRS was plaguing a lot of preachers and churches, and enforcing them just, just may, mainly busying them with paperwork, making them turn in, submit paperwork, and, and review them. And that kind of went away for the last three and a half years. Um, and, and there was a lot of talk about you know the tax exempt status for politically speaking churches. You know, being before that was always the threat. You know, if you say something political. We're we're going to cut off your tax exempt status. Mm-hmm. That is, unless you were a black church hosting Hillary Clinton yeah. uh, on a Sunday morning, then you know anything goes. But if you were a conservative church and you were pro George Bush, as soon as the administration changed over to Obama, those guys were all investigated. Yes, and so I, I I'm not a prophet, but I can say with with a fair amount of certainty, if this type of of liberal agenda gets gets back into power, and and it by all accounts it looks like it will, you can expect a political persecution from this administration because they are they are anti God, they are anti Christian, and they are they want to silence anybody that opposes them, and and biblical New Testament Christianity as opposed to the liberal. Uh, you know, ideologies.
0: Right. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that there's coming a uh, a a massive censorship um to to Bible believing Christians. I don't know if you saw this on the news, but YouTube uh announced the other day, I believe it was yesterday, they said that we will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any time after. That misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors change the outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election. Now, you say, well, that's that's politics. That's not a big deal. They're going to censor things such as that. Well, guess what? In time, pretty soon they're going to be censoring those who hold to biblical values that are contrary to their values, such as the homosexual agenda. Uh, pretty soon they're going to be saying, hey, uh, if if you hold to that biblical standard, your broadcast, your uh, preaching broadcast, your church broadcast will not be able to be uploaded to our videos. Right. That's that's coming.
1: Just the fact that you mentioned the words fraud and election in the same sentence, this video, that, the the audio of, of our uh, podcast may very well get booted off YouTube because you mentioned them both in the same context even though we're not mm-hmm. currently advocating that is what happened right that's the way these computer systems work that's right and the way that social media can manipulate the church i think nearly every church has a church facebook page okay i mm-hmm. know your church does i know our church does um how many churches especially during the pandemic have done live broadcast on facebook in place of meeting in person, which was to appease the political persecution that state governors, it didn't come from the president. It came from the governors, Mm -hmm. this political pressure not to meet. Now if you take a president that wants to nationally pressure churches not to meet and you combine that with individual governors who want to pressure them not to meet and you force them to an online social media meeting, and then guess what? The social media companies now say, Oh no, not this church, not that church, not this pastor, not this ministry. Now you've combined the political persecution with social media censorship, sprinkle in some IRS investigations, um, sprinkle in some, um, some tax exempt status, of uh, being mm-hmm. altered, maybe you're going to start paying property tax on your buildings. Right? Can you imagine the financial burden for some of these really large churches? If and maybe like say downtown Little Rock. Sure. I mean that's prime real estate. Those buildings, even though they may have been there since the 1800s, that just the property is valued into the millions.
0: Absolutely.
1: Property tax would end those churches. They could not mm-hmm. recover from that. Right. And so when we think about a dark winter, uh, that would be a very dark winter for the church to suffer political persecution and then social media censorship. But here's an aspect that people really don't think about media bias. Mm -hmm. I mean, the media, like you mentioned earlier, the media is picking and choosing when they want to cover Hunter Biden. It wasn't during the election. It was after they felt like they had Biden in. Now let's let's carry it on. Let's say under the next administration, you know, churches are no longer in favor in America, which by and large could be true. But let's say the media decides they just want to pick churches that have had a COVID outbreak and portray it like all of us churches are just COVID hotbeds. Mm -hmm. Or they want to pick one, you know, sorry pastor that should never have been in a pulpit. And they want to say, this is how Christian ministers are. You know, this is what Baptists really look like. This is who the Presbyterian Church really is. And they want to just highlight and and spotlight bad examples of, of Christianity or bad examples of churches. That media bias, as we've seen in the election, is really going to mold and shape the minds of America. This is That's exactly right. what the Nazis did with their negative propaganda toward anybody that they felt was a threat to them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think that's coming in America you've got your head in the sand and it's time to pull it out and look around.
0: That's right. Remember Nero, history tells us that he he claimed that it that it was the Jews that set Rome on fire and that that gave him reason to uh, really destroy Jerusalem and kill millions of Jews. You, you're right. We're we're getting more and more pinpointed. Even even in our Republican governor state you know, he, he re- released a, uh, a statement, I guess you could say, um, concerning churches and the COVID outbreak, pinpointing where churches have been super spreaders. But what about restaurants? What about businesses? Why do you pick on the churches? And why is there only a study on churches? And, and I'm like, it's very difficult for us to just kind of look at it and, and see what's coming. But it seems as if nobody cares.
1: Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. If the governor of any state and let's say 1885 come out and said, I don't like the church's meeting that governor would be rode out of town on a rail. He would be instantly impeached he would be discredited disbarred would never be able to run for political office again Mm -hmm. because popular opinion would say you don't say that about god's house you don't say that about the lord's people right that was popular opinion in the 1880s that's not popular opinion maybe not so much in the 1980s you might still have that in the south 100 Mm -hmm. years later but we're in 2020 almost 2021 and let's just be real honest here. Public opinion of Christianity is at an all-time low. And the reason being is because Christians are at an all-time low in this country. And you say, well, how do you know Christianity's at an all-time low? Look at church attendance. It's mm. just non-existent. Yes. And so um when I think about a dark winter and I think about persecution coming and I think about you know, the golden days of of Christianity in America coming to a close, it's real easy for me to see politicians get away with, like our our governor professes to be a Christian. Yeah. He also professes to be a Republican. But just last week he mentioned uh, uh, writing a new executive order limiting certain gatherings to no more than 10 people. And he was talking about Christmas parties in the office. You know, he's talking about just little events and I'm mm-hmm. like, where does a, a freedom loving Republican governor get off deciding who can and can't get together at Christmas time for crying out loud?
0: Right, right.
1: I mean, that wouldn't have been tolerated at any point in American history until now. Mm-hmm. And the same way with, with the, the attacks on Christianity and the church but all of that is really lending itself to just a general hostility from society. I mean, it's a matter of time before someone listens to our podcast or listens to a sermon and says, I'm offended by that, and says, I'm going to attack Lee Creek Baptist Church or Barrel Baptist Church. Sure. And they're going to go level charges of hate speech against one of us, and mm-hmm. then we're going to find ourselves in a legal battle.
0: Yes yeah I mean, and it, it's, it's i i think coming. that's coming with the the gay marriage i, I believe there's going to be folks just to make trouble for churches who are going to go to a church and ask a pastor hey would you please marry us mm-hmm. and when we say no i i'm, I'm not doing that then you're going to see them dragging this out into uh, legal matters and into the courts uh churches are going to have to spend money uh you know that i think that's an inevitable of what's going to be one of the things that comes in the future is more and more pressure of these churches to uh conform to the the, to the world's way of thinking and so really the question I, i think is this is that to the pastors who are listening to us today are you ready for a coming persecution are you ready and then another question To add to that is, are you preparing your people? Are you preparing the people that God has uh, allowed you to pasture? Are you preparing them for persecution at their work? If they work for a corporation, it's coming. NASDAQ last week stated that for all those corporations that are part of the NASDAQ, if your uh, board of directors is not diversified, then you are not going to be able to trade with us. Hello. And diversified means not only racial, but homosexual. You gotta have a certain number of homosexuals on your board of directors, or you're not going to be able to trade with us. So what is that? That's persecution by way of either you adhere to our ideologies or you don't make money. Yeah. That's coming.
1: You know, like you just said there, you know, if you're a pastor and you're listening to this, those four things that we've kind of mentioned where we see persecution coming, the hostility from the public, churches, pastors specifically need to be preparing their people, just like you said, from persecution in the workplace. We need to be instructing our people that, I mean, so many times I've heard Christians go, well, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be a Christian. Well, the Bible says nobody wants to be one. That's why God has to go out and compel them through the Holy Spirit to be one. Right. So the the days of everybody that you worked with going to church somewhere are over. Mm -hmm. And a pastor needs to be explaining what mankind really is, how his heart is really wired. And we need to have a biblical outlook on the world around us. Same way with we talked about political persecution potentially coming. Pastor, you need to make sure that your books are on the up and up.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: need to make sure that all of your offerings are counted and, and, and written down, because if you get audited, you are going to be the media darling if your church is somehow, even if you're not, if you just look like you've embezzled money or mm-hmm. you look like you haven't you know, taken care of your giving properly or filled out all your forms, you need to be preparing for political persecution. You need to be prepared for media slander. You don't want to do anything that would give the media ammunition to say, look at Lee Creek and how dumb they are. Look at what they've done to society. And then social media. We rely too much on Facebook and Twitter. I'm talking about churches to get our message out. Uh, This Mm -hmm. podcast, we have a Facebook page, Patriot Pastors Podcast Facebook page. You and I can make posts on there and it won't reach 10 people. And we have hundreds of people that follow the podcast on there. Right, right. But Facebook has deemed us a conservative religious group and our posts don't go out. Same Mm -hmm. for my church post. If I share posts on the Lee Creek Baptist Facebook page, wait, they just don't get seen. I'll ask the church did any of you not see my? My announcement? No. Well, Was anybody on Facebook last night? Every hand will raise.
0: Yeah, right.
1: That's that's the, that's the Facebook censoring what I'm posting because of who I am. Sure. And uh, so as pastors, we need to come up with another way of educating our people. We need to come up another way of getting messages to them because mm-hmm. all of this stuff that's been available to the church could very quickly be turned off. In the next three or four years, very quickly, even three or four months.
0: Yes. Yes. And, and you know, that's something that what I'm looking at doing uh, for our podcast, especially is transitioning from YouTube to Rumble, which is YouTube's competitor. And they, they do not censor like YouTube is. And they're, they're not as big. Uh, they don't have as much power as YouTube does, who is owned by Google, I believe. Um, but nevertheless, we're going to have to start transitioning to other places. You know, I, Facebook probably for me personally, I'm probably off of it. I've been off of it for a record now, seven days.
1: Wow. Have you had the shakes or anything? Have you had the shakes?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I haven't. Um, but, uh, so I've been off of it. Probably I'm going to wean myself off of it completely. Because I'm just tired of all the drama. Number one, number two, the censorship and the, the mo- monopoly that Facebook has on social media, thinking that they have the power to really control what you say or think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm going to, you know, different social media outlets that are allow such things as free speech. So I think that's wise for churches to do as well. I wouldn't say just totally give up Facebook live and whatever you're doing, but you need to be looking at different social media sites and getting ready to make that transition if you absolutely have to.
1: Right. One of the things I'm looking at doing, and I haven't completed it yet, but I used to have a blog on the church website. And I would write an article and put it in the church bulletin. and I would just transition it over on the blog. Well, I, I haven't touched that blog in four or five years. I don't even know if it's still functional. Mm-hmm. But I have thought, you know, if I do get off Facebook and do away with the church Facebook page, people could know, hey, it's Saturday night. If I need to know something about church, just pull up the website where I have more control over the blog. And they could see announcements there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean we have a hard time getting away from Facebook cause that's where everybody's at. And sure. and if you want to get your message out to people, you've got to go to where people are, you know? And, uh, so as, as a church, as a pastor, I've tried to convince our people, it's not enough just to share Jesus loves me in a Facebook meme. You've got to get out and put some feet on the street and talk to people and actually have real conversations like we used to do. When Mm -hmm. we shared the gospel with people, not just posted on Facebook and let's keep this going,
0: you know, you know, here, here's the thing. The apostle Paul says for the pastor that you're to preach the word in season and out of season. We're to faithfully proclaim the word no matter, no matter the times that we're living in. And Harold, you, you would agree with me that for our ministry, we have been pastoring and we have been preaching during the in-season times. Yeah, it's been easy. We've lived and preached in our comfortable society, but we may be headed into those out-of-season times, culturally speaking. Pastor, you need to count that as an honor, if if that is true, and we should count it an honor if we should suffer for the cause of Christ. Just preaching faithfully the word of God. And so uh, really this should never scare us as pastors. It really should encourage us because when you read the book of Acts, it was always in the time of persecution that the church multiplied and the church was made stronger. And I believe that right now we're seeing a winnowing of the church. You know, the winnowing when, when they would throw the grain up in the air, And all the real kernels of grain fell, but the wind would blow the chaff away. I believe we're seeing that. And the Lord in his sovereignty is purifying the church and he's making the church stronger, even when it seems as if the numbers are getting lower and lower. But the Lord is purifying his church and in thus he's making the church stronger.
1: And you know, I know we're, we're, Coming to the end of the broadcast, I'm looking at the clock there, but that's kind of what I wanted to sum up with. The church has never been persecuted into non existence. It's when persecution has occurred, the church has flourished. Mm-hmm. But in America, we've got to have some realistic understandings about what the church is. And this probably be the last thing I get to say on the broadcast, but I want to be very clear. We've always judged success, and I'm not talking about you and I but I'm talking about American Christianity has judged success by the amount of money we've taken in and the amount of people that we've had in our congregation and how many we've baptized. Mm-hmm. And so that's not a biblical form of a successful ministry. I mean, Christ died with 11. Okay. Yes. In the upper room, there were 120, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was not some great big, you know, gigantic church that Christ built in his earthly ministry. So we've got to come back to a biblical understanding of what is success. Are we faithful to the word of God? Are we proclaiming a biblical gospel? Are God's people being discipled? Are they growing and maturing in the Lord? If that's the case and when all the persecution hits, our church of 100 falls to a church of 20. Like you said, if that 20 is genuinely wheat and the 80 that were false converts have blown away, that 20 is far more effective than that 100 that was mainly mm-hmm. unviable wheat kernels. That's right. And so I don't want to be the doomsday prophet. Bad days are coming. In reality, good days are coming yes. because the refinement is going to give you a purer form of gold than what you had before the fire hit.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I, and I certainly believe and you believe that the gospel is ultimately victorious. And uh, to keep preaching and uh, keep pastoring, stay faithful to the Lord. Prepare your people by teaching them faithfully the whole counsel of the Lord. So again, I want to thank everyone for joining us today at this on this podcast. And we pray that it is a blessing and a help to all who listens. May the Lord bless you.